I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Same goes for your kids. Like, I think it's a good idea to make your kids aware of your invisible list, right? I want to raise kids that are aware of what others are doing for them. I want my kids to be grateful for that lunch lady or that janitor or grateful for that crossing guard, but they can only recognize and appreciate when others go out of their way for them, right? When they're aware of it. Like, my kids can only appreciate all I do for them if they're aware of it. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop-style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home, and what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now, I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. Thank you for making the time to join us today. Um, Today I wanted to explore this concept of a mother's invisible list, right? It's that mental load that we all carry. Um, How can we better manage it? I was coaching a client the other day and she was telling me how so exhausted she feels. There's just so much to remember, right? There's so much to do with each of her kids and her husband and her home. Everything that she does to make sure that it continues to operate. And it just feels like it's never ending, right? Like it's just always there looming over her shoulder, like she'll never get caught up. And it's this invisible list, right? It's this mental load. It's all the things that she does and all the information she holds to manage her family and keep things running. And the truth is that you have a mental list, right? You have that mental load, you carry it. And so do I. And 
it's a lot, right? It's often all those small, unnoticed, but oh so necessary things that we do every day just to keep everyone going, right? We know where everything is. Like, you know where the snacks are. You know if you have zip ties in your house or you know where the soccer cleat is. Just these random things that you know. You know where everyone needs to be and what everyone needs to bring. And I think sometimes we don't even grasp how many things are on our invisible list, right? And you're not imagining this, like you're not crazy. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. And it's also really easy, I think, for us to overlook, right? How much we're actually doing. If you're like me, you you probably haven't spent a lot of time sitting down and truly evaluating it. You just find yourself always on the go, always exhausted, but still feeling behind. So in and of themselves, I think all these things we manage It might seem like the little things, but when you add them up, you'll realize that you've got a really heavy workload, friend. No wonder, no wonder it can feel like the weight of that invisible to-do list is too much. No wonder you feel exhausted, maybe even a little underappreciated or like you can just never get it all done. It takes an incredible amount of time and energy to be keeping all the gears turning. And it kind of got me thinking, like, what gives, right? Is there a way we can better manage our invisible lists? I was looking into it, and I came across this study by the Working Mother Research Institute. And what they did is they surveyed more than a 1,000 working parents, and they discovered that household chores are still divided by gender, right? Still today. Women are usually in charge of the house and the childcare duties, And the men, this is generalizing, but they found that the men are generally responsible for those outdoor projects like mowing the lawn, right? And they found that if couples outsource some of the chores, they were much more likely to hire someone for those traditional male tasks. So, you know, this isn't an episode about keeping score. It's not an episode about who's doing what, right? It's not about who has it worse or who's working harder, Um, And I'll even take a moment to brag on my husband here for a minute, but thankfully Jeff just does so much around the house, right? Between the two of us, he's actually the more orderly one. He's the cleaner one. Um, In his early 20s, he actually managed a laundromat, which is super random, but he's like so particular now about the laundry detergent we use and how the clothes are clean. It's, It's kind of funny, but I just let him run with it and I really appreciate it. And he's the one with the neat closet. And he's the one with the clean car. And he's the one who actually does most of the laundry and, you know, cleans the kitchen after dinner. And maybe that's true for you, too. And I'll tell you what, even so, uh, like most women, I'm still responsible for a lot of these invisible tasks. And running a household, it comes with a long list of invisible tasks, right? And what's on your invisible list? Well, we all have our regular to-dos, right? These are the things that we... We write down, these are the things that we have in our planners already. It's the things like our meetings and our dance recitals and our soccer games and other important events. But it's really the weight of that mental load. It's that other stuff we do that we're probably not even conscious of. And it's likely no one else really notices either unless they don't get done, right? But they're real and they take up time. And more notably, they take up mental and emotional space. And that's the part that can be really draining. So as we start kind of just taking an inventory of the things that are on our invisible list, here are some things that might resonate with you, right? As I was taking 
an inventory of the things that are on my list. But how about doctor's appointments, the checkups, the vaccines, right? For me, like these are the ones that come up at 2 a.m. when I'm laying in bed, like, man, I got to schedule the kids for their yearly appointments. They got to get to the dentist. They got to get to the eye doctor. I got to make sure they get their haircuts. And if you're anything like me, what about the research? Like how much time have you guys spent researching your kids' physical milestones? Like especially when they were little. How about their nutrition? How about just Googling the best childcare or doctors or the best schools or researching the best gear, like the car seats and the strollers and the sports equipment, whatever. I mean, how many times have we Googled whatever it is we're dealing with in the season we're in? Like how to help my kids stop wetting the bed at night or, you know, what exactly is the tipping point for how much screen time will allow me to keep my sanity without ruining my kids forever? How about their clothes, right? What fits, what doesn't fit? What do they need for winter? What do they need for school? What do they need for dance, football? Like, what do they even like? My daughter's in a phase where she'll only wear pink or my other one won't wear underwear with an elastic waistband or they can't sleep with short sleeve pajama tops. I mean, these are the things that we know. I know who likes to eat what, who likes what in their school lunch, what they'll actually eat if I pack it for them. What they love now, what they used to love and now hate, right? All of these things. How about being the buyer of gifts and the manager of all the family celebrations? Like there's so many gifts, their birthdays, their friends' birthdays, your friends' birthdays, your extended family's birthdays, holidays. And not only remembering where, when they are, right? But like making sure you're also acknowledging their birthdays. You're the wrapper of the gifts. You're the planner of the parties. How about your mental list? of what's in your fridge or your pantry, right? Like, aren't you the one who knows if you have soy sauce or how much toilet paper is left before crisis mode, right? You probably carry that running grocery list in your head all the times. Meal planning, you track what your family's gonna eat. And not only that, right? What they've eaten in the last few weeks so you get some good variety, a good rotation going. You're planning those meals in advance. You're getting the groceries, calculating when everyone will be home, So you know when to start cooking, you're planning how you're going to use leftovers, groceries, right? That reminds you, like, when's the last time your fridge and freezer got a deep clean? You're the one who knows that. And then after dinner, it's the homework, right? Oh, the mental list of homework. You're the one who knows the words they need to study for the spelling bee and the math skills they're working on and which tests they need to be studying for. You remember to sign the permission slips and ask if they're starting to work on that project that's due next week, right? Even though it's your kids' responsibilities for getting stuff done, it's still taking up mental space in your head. And lastly, on top of this, like we're also the ones who are likely to manage all the feelings. Right? It's not just the stuff. It's not just the schedules. But oftentimes, we also are managing the emotions, This can be some of the most taxing weight on us, right? Maybe this is the main root of your exhaustion or the part that most affects you. But these include things like managing the tantrums and comforting your kids when they're overwhelmed, when they're sad. Maybe they're being picked on or they're feeling down, right? This is making sure they're getting enough sleep. They're getting enough food that you're setting them up for success. It's trying to keep them motivated to do whatever it is you think is best for them, right? Maybe it's motivating them to eat their veggies, motivating them to clean their rooms, motivating them to do their homework, motivating them to put their dang shoes on when you're trying to leave the house. Like, Malas, this can be exhausting. 
and we're expected to do all the things 24-7, right? Whether we've slept eight hours and feel great or whether we've tried to piece together three hours of sleep and we're running on empty, whether we're healthy, whether we're running a fever, like moms, take a minute. You are incredible. And this is just a glimpse into what I know you're carrying, right? These tasks, they take hours and hours of work each week and so much mental space. Staying on top of all these things and more, right? It's a full-time job in and of itself. There's no wonder you can be overwhelmed by it all. So what do we do? Like, how do we change that? Is there a way we can be more aware of what's on our invisible list and then just set up an, an, an intentional plan of attack? So instead of feeling defeated, maybe we can be motivated, right? By having a plan and seeing some progress. And I think so. So I've kind of put down three little strategies that I think you can start to work into your day-to-day to help manage the weight of that mental load, to help manage your invisible to-do list. So the first thing that I think is important to do and a good place to start is to just write it down. Like get that invisible list down on paper somewhere so that you're just aware. You're aware of all the things you do each week. I encourage you, like write everything down you do over the course of seven days or five days. Sit down. Maybe for 10 minutes, just start with a brain dump, all the things you're doing, and then write down each one as you do it, right? Say, I'm going to do this for a few days. I'm going to do this for a week. And be mindful. Be mindful when you're multitasking. Each time you're starting a new task, each time you're thinking about something on your mental list, jot it down. Like keep a notebook on your desk or on the kitchen table for a few days. Jot it down. Open up, you know, the notes app on your phone and jot it down when you're doing something. And as you're doing this, like actually before you even start, I think maybe just take a minute to focus your mindset, right? This isn't an exercise that's supposed to further overwhelm you or make you feel resentful that you've got all of the stuff you're responsible for. But just take a minute to realize like how awesome is it that you actually get to do all this stuff? It's a lot, right? And maybe this mindset shift feels a little pie in the sky for you. Maybe it's a little cheeky and Pollyanna roll your eyes, but but really it's not, right? The truth is that for me, at least my kids are, they're answered prayers. Like, thank God I have the resources to bring them to the pediatrician for their checkups and they're healthy. Thank God I have a car to drive them to good school. You know, thank God I can fill my fridge and my pantry with healthy choices and yummy treats. Like, I'm so aware of these blessings. Okay, so why are we writing this stuff down? Well, first, like I said, awareness is key, right? We can't manage, we can't organize, we can't change what we don't know exists. And not only for awareness, but also because a lot of the items on your invisible list are just taking up a ton of mental space. By having a written list of all you do, like actually being able to pick it up and look at it on the regular, I mean, just give yourself a pat on the back, like a high five, show yourself some grace, show yourself some appreciation, like look at how much you're handling. And maybe this will help you be kinder to yourself, right? Be proud of yourself. Be a little more gentle with yourself if you forget something now and again, or you're feeling overwhelmed. You know, maybe you feel like I'm saying it all the time, but it's true. You're doing so much better than you think. And I get it, like you're not going to be able to write down 
every little thing, right? For example, there's so much that you know, there's so much that you're just teaching and doing on the fly that you, you maybe can't write it all down. Um, but take a minute, just write down the upcoming birthdays the next few weeks, write down all your appointments that are scheduled or need to be scheduled, you know, write down that meal plan for the week, do a brain dump, right? All the things you're trying to remember that need to get done. What do the kids have going on this week? Like when will you need to help organize childcare? Like what are things in your home that need to be cleaned? or organized all the things that are taking up space in your mind. And friends, put this all in the same place, okay? Like don't torture yourself with, you know, 47 post-it notes all over. Just grab a sheet of paper, notebook, turn to a blank page, open up the notes app in your phone, and just start to jot down those things that you're carrying in your mind that need to get down on paper. And once you have it down, written down, Take a look at it, and I want you to pick the three things that you do most regularly. What are the three things that you do over and over again on the regular that actually don't make it down into your planner or on your family calendar? And I want you to put them in your planner or on your calendar and pick a time, right? Assign them to a spot on the calendar and put them in there and do it for the rest of the week. And the whole point is that when you write them down and then you decide in advance when you're going to do them, that, my friends, frees up space in your mind, right? And fewer things to remember is a huge win. So don't underestimate it. And another thing I would encourage you to do, don't underestimate how long it's going to take you to do these things. So when you're putting them in your planner or you're putting them on your calendar, give yourself a cushion. If you think you can get something done in 15 minutes, you know, give yourself 30. We don't want to add additional stress or guilt or whatever BS it is to your schedule, right? Give yourself time. And then number two, my second strategy to help you manage all this stuff is to really use your support system, guys. You gotta get help. So, you know, maybe it's your your mom or your sister or a friend or particularly your partner, right? Communicate where you're at. Verbalize what needs to be done. You know, what are the things that you can delegate and allow the people who are in your life to help you? Have an honest conversation with your husband about everything that's on your plate. This isn't, right? This isn't a blame game. This isn't a pity party, but it's just sharing. Hey, I got a lot going on in this next couple weeks and I am feeling a little overwhelmed. So after the kids go to bed tonight, like, can we sit down for 10 minutes so I can show you all I've got to get done? And maybe there's some things here you could just help me out with this week, right? This feels collaborative. It invites participation instead of creating a division or making our partners feel like we're on attack, right? It opens the door and it can really start sharing the responsibilities more equally. And then let's give our partners the benefit of the doubt. Like just sitting down and going over some of the stuff on your list It's going to start to ensure that the things you're responsible for are being noticed. And guys, you know your husband's best, so think about it. But it's likely, right, it's even probable that your husband truly doesn't realize how much you're doing or how much you've got going on and how much of a good job you're doing handling it all. But starting to share it with them, right, bringing these revelations about, it's it's going to make a difference. Same goes for your kids. Like, I think it's a good idea to make your kids aware of your invisible list, right? I want to raise kids that are aware of what others are doing for them. I want my kids to be grateful for that lunch lady 
or that janitor or grateful for that crossing guard, but they can only recognize and appreciate when others go out of their way for them, right? When they're aware of it. Like my kids can only appreciate all I do for them if they're aware of it. And it's okay to tell your kids like, I can't take you on a walk right now because I have to make your lunch for tomorrow or I have to make dinner for us tonight. And that's that's the second reason I want my kids to be aware of some of the things on my mental list, right? So they can chip in, they can help. I can tell them like these two things need to get done before I'm free to play with you what, or whatever it is that they want from you, right? So if you want to help me fold the laundry, if you want to help me load the dishwasher, this is going to get done even faster and then we can go to the park or I can drive you to your friend's house or whatever it is they want from you. And that really imparts the collaboration and the teamwork, right? That you as a family, we help each other out. Even your little ones, like don't discount what they can do for you and with you. Your two-year-old, they can help put their clothes away. They can help put their toys away. Three-year-old, my three-year-old, she feeds our pets, right? She can load the dishwasher with some help. My four-year-old, she can fold the towels and put clothes on hangers. Five-year-old, right? They can help with the laundry. They can move it from the washing machine into the dryer. Like, just be creative. Give them some responsibility. There's a lot of age-appropriate ways that your kids can actually help you lighten your load. And maybe, like, I get it, guys. Maybe they're super little and it doesn't feel like they're actually helping, right? Maybe having my three-year-old help me load the dishwasher, it does take a few extra minutes, but it's an investment, right? I'm planting those seeds and I'm making an investment. Those three little extra minutes that I take to include her in these day-to-day tasks, like that's an investment that's going to pay off. She's going to be growing in confidence and she can help. And she's learning, right, that she has skills. She can contribute. And she's understanding that there's an expectation in this home that everyone around here chips in. And then it won't be long, my friends, before she can actually do things independently. So she'll be able to clean the bathroom or clean her room, vacuum, take out the trash, right? Because I've been encouraging her and teaching her. And eventually she'll actually be able to take things off my plate. So that's number two. And then number three, the third way we can help manage things on our invisible to-do list is to simplify, systemize, and surrender. And that's our motto here at Motherhood, right? We simplify, we systemize, and surrender. And it really fits in so well with managing our invisible to-do list. So first, once you've taken time to write all those things out, get them out of your head, onto paper, the things that are on your mind, right? The things you know you got to get done. Take a minute to analyze them. Take a minute to evaluate them. Like how can you simplify the things that are on your list? Maybe put a star right next to the ones that are causing you the most stress or the ones you know that are going to take up the most time and energy. Maybe it's things like planning a birthday party or getting gifts for the holidays or planning a vacation or shopping for school clothes, figuring out what your kids are going to be doing all summer. Right, whatever it is, just ask yourself, can I simplify any of this? Is everything on my list actually necessary? Maybe there's some things you can cross off altogether, right? Prioritize them. Then figure out the smaller steps, right? What are those subtasks that it takes to pull off this larger task, right? Are each one of those steps necessary? Ask yourself, like, can I do this in a way that might make my life less complicated? Maybe it's ordering catering for your next event instead of trying to cook everything. Maybe it's taking five minutes to 
sit down and order all the gifts you need for the month on Amazon instead of trying to take your kids to the mall for a couple hours. Maybe it's finding a summer camp closer to home so your kids can be there and not you're not carpooling all over town for the summer, right? Just take some time to analyze and choose places where you can simplify. And then figure out when and where you can systemize. Where can I systemize this stuff? Put recurring things in your calendar with reminders, right? So you're alerted when you're doing them in advance. Like this is great for making and keeping track of your appointments, right? Birthdays that are coming up, holidays, your kids, your kids' um, school events and, and extracurriculars, or maybe it's automating your bills or scheduling maintenance around the house or the cars. Let your tech keep track of the stuff that's coming up or is due, right? Get it out of your mind. And think of other things you can systemize. Maybe it's, you know, you take an afternoon each week and you meal prep or you meal plan. That's your system. Maybe it is creating zones in your house for a cleaning schedule. Like Mondays, I do zone one, that's the bedrooms. And then Tuesdays, I do zone two, that's the bathrooms. And Wednesdays, I do zone three, that's the the floors and the rugs or, you know, whatever it is. Find a way to systemize some of these things on your invisible list. And then lastly, and probably my favorite, is to surrender. (laughs) Surrender. And I speak for myself. Surrender can sometimes be the toughest. And it can be the toughest because we want help with our mental list, right? We want help with the kids and we want help with the house and the chores and the groceries and all of it. But it's so hard sometimes for us to allow anyone else to actually do this stuff. It's it's that tension, right? It's so hard for us to learn to be okay with things not getting done exactly how we might have done them, right? We know how to do it. And I say this in air quotes, we know how to do it right. We know what everyone likes. We know what everyone needs. We have our own little systems and, right, we won't get the stuff all mixed up. We have our routines and Maybe we can even be a little stubborn, um, but one of our biggest challenges can just be letting some of this stuff go. And I just want to encourage you today, hear me when I say it, surrender is not about giving up. It's not about giving up. It is about intentionally choosing when and where to give in. And guys, if we're going to ask for help, especially from our partners, we're going to need to surrender. We're going to need to surrender some control, surrender some criticism, right? Surrender some micromanaging. The point is, right, for this to take things off of our mental list, not to add to it. We have to mentally prepare that in order for things to get done, they're probably not going to get done the same way we would have done them. And that's okay, right? Maybe you're the, the breakfast maker in your house, but the mental list of Getting the breakfast groceries and planning what your kids are going to eat and then actually making breakfast in the morning routine, right? With everything else you've got going on. Maybe that means you're not having time in the mornings for something that's important to you. For me, that's getting some exercise in, getting a workout in. So say I, you say I talk to Jeff about it and we agree that three days a week, he's going to completely handle breakfast. He's going to figure out what to feed the kids. He's going to make sure we have it in the house. He's going to actually do it in time for them to be ready for school on time. Once we've agreed on it, I've got to let it go. I've got to surrender it. And when Monday comes at 7 a.m., I've got to leave the house and go for a run and trust he's got it. 
And maybe he doesn't know exactly how Amory likes her toast or how Ashton won't eat egg yolks. And he does know this, but you guys, you guys get my point, right? Maybe he doesn't know Amory likes orange juice and Ashton likes apple juice. Or maybe he doesn't know that he was planning on giving them cereal this morning and there's only a few spoonfuls left, right? And it's okay. He's going to figure it out. They'll tell him. He'll get better at the breakfast routine. And just because he might do it differently doesn't mean he's doing it wrong. I promise this is going to be more enjoyable for him, right? If I'm not standing there over his shoulder correcting him and commenting every step of the way, I mean, I have to fight every fiber in my being not to do it sometimes. But seriously, how annoying would that be? And maybe it's not breakfast, but maybe you're going to surrender and delegate scheduling appointments or handling a bedtime routine, doing the laundry or folding the dishes, right? Whatever it is, you and your partner are going to do things differently and that's okay. So take a deep breath, decide what you truly can and can't let go of, and then I encourage you just surrender what you can. And my friends, I get it. This takes some practice. Start with something small, right? Challenge yourself to delegate it and then surrender it wholly. Practice getting used to that uncomfortable feeling when things are different. If it's done differently than how you would have done it, and it probably will be, it's not the end of the world, right? It's done, and that's what matters. And you're going to watch. Watch as the little details of how it gets done start to bother you less and less, right? There are things Jeff does that used to drive me crazy. Stupid little stuff. Like, he doesn't triple fold the towels, right? They're just these big floppy squares. Anybody anybody know what I'm talking about? And I don't care anymore. I'm just so grateful that when I get out of the shower, there are clean folded towels in my bathroom and I'm not the one who put them there, right? Watch how learning to surrender some of this stuff on your invisible list, right? On your mental load, it's going to free up your time and your energy for you to put your focus elsewhere. So there you have it. All that stuff on your list, everything you know, everything you do for your family, you, my friend, are crushing it. So these are just a few strategies, right? Just some things to keep in mind, maybe some tips to help you manage that list, lessen that overwhelm. So this week, what are you going to do? You're going to write down your invisible list, get some of it out of your head and down onto paper, right? Spend a few minutes analyzing it, prioritizing it, calendaring it. Use that support system. Ask for help when you need it, right? Give those around you a glimpse into all you're doing so they can recognize, maybe even appreciate it a little bit. That's going to be the first step to starting to balance it out. And then third, you're going to simplify, you're going to systemize, and you're going to surrender, right? Take a look at that list. Prioritize it. What's most important? What's most pressing? What can be crossed out altogether, Figure out where you can systemize, right? Come up with some systems. How are you going to put things on your calendar? How are you going to automate some things? How are you going to outsource some things? And then finally, I want you to pick some things you're going to surrender. What are some things you're going to delegate and wholly and absolutely let go of, right? You're not going to comment on it. You're not going to remind. You're not going to nag. You're not going to micromanage. You're not going to criticize. You're going to let it go. You're going to focus on something else and you're going to be grateful that you have help. So I hope this helped somebody today. Um, if you mamas 
have ways you found to help manage that heavy mental load of motherhood, I would love to hear it. I would love to maybe even try to implement it in my own life. As always, you can find me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. You can find me at the Motherhood Village Facebook group. You can always shoot me an email. My email address is hello at michellegrosser.com. I am rooting for you this week, mamas. Let's go get it. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.